Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Back in September, my colleague Donnie O'Sullivan was covering a Trump rally in Minnesota. And he began asking folks about their social media usage. That's where he met Scott and asked him about his Facebook feed. Are you a Facebook user? I use Facebook, yes. Yeah? What sort of pages do you follow on there? Uh, anybody that agrees with me. Only people that agree That's with right. you. You don't want to that hear... That would be a Republican, an anti-abortion guy, and a pro-gun, and pro-beer. But do you not think it would be good to, to follow some pages of people you disagree with, see their opinion? No, maybe because they call me stupid, ignorant, you know. Why would I follow people that throw rocks at me constantly because they don't agree with me? I got tens of thousands of people that do. Most of us want to be around like-minded people. The problem is, that is exactly how disinformation spreads. On social media, in a bubble. I'm Kristen Holmes, and this week on Election 101, disinformation. Disinformation is incorrect information that's intended to mislead people. That intention to mislead is what sets it apart from misinformation. And today we're helping you figure out how to spot disinformation and stop it from spreading. Here's what we know. There are foreign governments, including Russia, hi, remember 2016, that are actively working to influence American elections. They may be hoping to tip the balance towards a certain candidate or just to undermine your trust in the political process for their own political gain. They know that social media is a powerful tool. And these days, for a lot of voters, social media is the media. The problem is that it operates without the fact-checking and verification that we expect from most professional news organizations. And the people who want to destabilize United States elections are counting on regular Americans to help them do it by spreading disinformation. Regular Americans like Patty Meredith. I like that it's not live and there's no video. So, so you know, that's really good. God, I love that too. I did take a shower. So, Ooh, hey, okay. All right. You basically got dressed up. This is Patty Meredith. She lives in North Carolina and she's retired. And back in 2010, she started moderating a small Facebook group. Just a few friends and some family, most of them Democrats from the South, who wanted to share information about politics without getting into heated debates. I wanted to be able to to talk with my friends about things without making it sound like I was being uh, critical of other people. I just didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings and make anybody feel bad. Well, I you mean, are an anomaly, I think, because I think a lot of people <laughs> get on social media in order to instigate a little bit. So no, I think that that is very considerate. I think it's Southern. <laughs> <laughs> As friends told friends about her online democratic utopia, the group grew, and Patty found herself a bit overwhelmed. I asked two friends of mine to help be co-administrators. I just felt like I, had, I needed help 
It was a full-time job. Yeah, it was a full-time job. It was it, because you, you feel a responsibility. Patty looks at posts all day, so she's pretty good at spotting the phonies. When I see something that looks weird or kind of off, I look first for the source, and that's pretty telling. I asked her if she herself had ever been fooled into posting something untrue. Absolutely. I can't remember. There was something, and I think I've, I've wiped it out of my mind because it was so embarrassing. How'd you find out it was fake that time, though? You know, somebody came up and like, what? Patty? No. And I, I really can't. I have blocked it out of my mind. I've, I've blocked my mistakes out of my mind. <laughs> Patty said she was having a bad day, and a dramatic post got under her skin. At the time, she felt she needed to share it with like-minded people, which it turns out is totally normal. But it's also what the people who are spreading disinformation are hoping for. Meet disinformation specialist Cindy Otis. I'm a former CIA analyst. I am the vice president of analysis at Aletheia Group, which is a disinformation investigation firm. So much of, of disinformation that is spread plays to emotion. It's trying to make us feel um, anger or fear, or anxiety or something like that, because the people who are pushing this kind of content out know that uh, when we are feeling a strong emotional reaction to something, we are unlikely to take the steps to vet the information before we share it. We're just going to share it. She's also the author of the book, True or False, a CIA analyst guide to spotting fake news. And Cindy is a bit of a rock star to people who track disinformation including my husband, who's also a CNN producer. When I told him that I was interviewing you, he wrote, that's dope AF. I've never even heard him talk like that in my life. Like, I married him. <laughs> but I swear to you, I think he was like, what time? Do you think I should come in? And I was like, why would you come in? I don't know if I can like properly explain just how bizarre it is to go from being undercover for most of my career and nobody knowing who I am to having people excited to talk to me, I still, three years later, it still blows me away. Cindy and I started talking about the 2016 election. Thanks to investigations from the U.S. intelligence community and special counsel Robert Mueller, we know that a disinformation campaign was part of how Russia interfered in that election. So it was this combination of using tactics like fake accounts, for example, that they would mirror after, you know, real Americans they made very convincing profiles, both on the left and the right, to try to, you know, sort of advance the standing of one candidate, but also to sow broader division, which I think is really important to remember when we think about, you know, sort of Russian motivations, is they really do have that goal of stoking internal division in the United States, because one of their priorities around the world is to make democracy look like a bad thing, right? Right. Um, to justify their own control um, that the Russian government has over their own population. And so to the extent that they can say, look, you know, it's not working out so well in this democracy. Look at the United States. That's supposed to be this sort of beacon of democracy, right? Um, and they're falling apart. Do you really want that at home? In her book, Cindy points out that disinformation and misinformation are also spread by Americans themselves. Take Eric Tucker a marketing professional in Austin, Texas. He'd been reading online that protesters were being paid to protest the election of Donald Trump. That wasn't true. But when he saw charter buses in his city while protests were taking place, he assumed that those buses were transporting paid protesters. And he tweeted a picture of it, something to the effect of, you know, anti-Trump protesters are in Austin today. Protests aren't actually what they seem. Here are the buses, right? 
And over the course of a couple of days, that tweet went absolutely viral. And then people started harassing the company that owned the buses in Eric Tucker's photo. They even had to put out a statement. They were hired to transport conference attendees. They were not busing paid protesters. And eventually the, the individual, Eric Tucker, realized his mistake and tweeted out, you know, he deleted the tweet. He then reposted the picture with um, the word false across it. And, you know, the original tweet got thousands and thousands of shares and millions of impressions. But his correction of the record saying, you know, I was wrong, you know, got a handful of likes and tweets. So it was an interesting example of essentially how social media is set up to where, for the most part, lies spread much faster and farther than actual truth. Well, and the extraordinary thing is that Eric Tucker, he was just a regular guy. He was just an average guy with a handful of followers, exactly as you said. It can be, you know, individuals taking something completely out of context and making a very misleading narrative, but they don't know any better. Eric Tucker later told the New York Times that though he would try to be more careful, that he was also a very busy businessman and doesn't, quote, have time to fact check everything that I put out there, especially when I don't think it's going out there for wide consumption. One big problem is that new technology has made it even harder to tell what's real and what's fake. Here's my colleague, Donnie O'Sullivan, again, talking with a Trump supporter about a video that appears to show Joe Biden falling asleep during an interview. The video was doctored. <laughs> so an article there is saying that, that, it, that it was faked, but it looked real, right? I mean, it looked real. You can't see it, but the man pauses, staring at his phone as this information sinks in. Well, I mean, I definitely wouldn't doubt that it would happen. Even if it is fake, does it change your opinion of, of Biden? God, no. You got to sift through it. I missed that one, but it was a good laugh. And now on top of that, disinformation and certain conspiracies are becoming more and more mainstream. And one you might have heard a lot about lately is called QAnon. QAnon is an outgrowth of an earlier conspiracy theory from 2016 referred to as Pizzagate. It spread during the election season, and it was based on the false idea that prominent Democrats like Hillary Clinton were running a child sex trafficking ring out of the basement of a popular Washington, D.C. pizza parlor. And in 2017, someone came forward on a website called 4chan and they claimed uh, under the name of Q that they were an individual who had access to the most classified information in the United States and that they could confirm that this absolutely false uh, child trafficking network was actually a thing, that they had evidence that, you know, these prominent figures were going to be imminently arrested. Since then, followers of the conspiracy theory have been accused of reportedly kidnapping children from Child Protective Services. Another follower, who's accused of murder, showed the Q symbol during a court hearing. People are taking this online conspiracy into the real world. And the conspiracy theory um, has grown and the number of followers has grown in just exponential ways in the last three years. I think, you know, from a disinformation perspective, what's particularly worrying about this is that foreign actors like Russia have a long-standing track record um, all the way back to when they were the Soviet Union of trying to spread and leverage existing conspiracy theories um, and that sort of thing. You know, this is the same country 
that pushed the idea uh, that the United States had created AIDS um, as a weapon to deploy across the world back in the 80s. So, you know, the mainstreaming of conspiracy theories makes us such a such a ripe target for actors who use and spread disinformation. After the break, we'll find out how to spot disinformation and talk about the power every citizen has to stop it from spreading. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. So there have been arrests, suspensions, disciplinary hearings. They're shutting down graduation events. At this moment, the part of the protests that are admirable are young people calling attention to atrocities. Michael Roth is the president of Wesleyan University. I would like to make a space for them to do that, as long as that space doesn't prevent other people from pursuing their education. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. Hi, everyone. It's Kristen. For an upcoming episode, we want to hear from you. We want to know how you decide which candidates to support. What issues matter most to you? Are you concerned about healthcare, the environment, immigration reform? Give us a call at 202-618-2517 and let us know where you're from and what you care about most. Again, that's 202-618-2517. And we're back. We talked about what disinformation can look like and how it might come from foreign governments or just from a regular U.S. citizen. We know disinformation is dangerous, and it can be custom-built to rile up voters with false or inflammatory information. But it only has power when people believe it's true. We're all so overwhelmed with news now. I asked Cindy Otis, how do we figure out what's real and what's fake? There are a couple of steps that I would recommend. So the first step is you do need to do a little bit of research on your own to figure out whether the content is potentially false. And then, um, you know, I I do recommend that folks report content that they think is violative um, on the social media platform. And it's important to remember violative content isn't, I just don't agree with it. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about content that is potentially false and or harmful, right? Um, So you can report it on the various social media platforms where you see it. And then if there's an opportunity to engage with the person who is posting, there are a couple of ways that you can do that as well. And I would strongly recommend against um, sort of any appearance of of public shaming of an individual. But if you're able to engage sort of one-on-one in a private capacity with that friend and share information with them that you have found 
that indicates that what they've posted is false, you know, they may really be appreciative um, that you've shared that content. So, you know, for the most part, people aren't looking to spread malicious information on purpose, for the most part. This is your life, right? You've spent mm-hmm. uh, so much time analyzing this kind of stuff and, and finding out what's real and what's not. But is it still awkward for you to bring that up with people that you know? It is It is a little bit awkward. Um, I think people are embarrassed. And I just assure them, you know, it happens to all of us. Social media is not an easy place uh, to live. Um, con- there's so much content out there. There's so much false information. We're all just doing the best we can. I do think it's important to, particularly for people who have larger platforms on social media, to admit when they have um, shared false information. It's a good way of sort of imparting sort of lessons learned from a figure who might be sort of respected in their space to say, you know, hey, I, I made this mistake. I circulated this thing that wasn't true. And then you're showing like, this happens to all of that, all of us, and I took it down, and that's what you should do too. And it seems that this is a really important point that you're making because I would feel that for most people, when they're going through their feed and they see something that they believe right away on its face is egregiously false, that really the instinct is to roll your eyes and ignore it. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you know, from your experience that the best thing to do is to correct it so that it doesn't keep going around. Yes, being able to help people find good kinds of information um, and address instances in which you see false information, I do think it's um, it can be a good and productive exercise, but it also is important to realize where um, instances in which you're probably not going to change their mind. And so the best sort of scenario from my perspective in that situation is just make sure that you yourself on your feed are publishing and posting accurate content, right? That's sort of the best that you can do in some cases is just making sure that you yourself are practicing good information consumption habits. Of course, regular citizens can't entirely stop a disinformation campaign. Congress is starting to get involved and social media companies are adding new policies to try to stop the worst offenders. But the pessimistic part of me wonders, won't bad actors just find a way around those policies? It's such a great question. So I, um, from my perspective, we are not going to make this issue go away. So what does that leave us in terms of options? I think our focus has to be on making it harder for bad actors to use disinformation um, to cause harm. So we don't leave the door open on social media platforms and say, have a free-for-all, do whatever you want on this platform, right? Um, Social media platforms need to put things in place and uh, build in transparency so people know where their information is coming from. So governments can't push, you know, harmful content and target their um, sort of political rivals. Um, And then we also need to introduce some some level of consequence for doing things like this. At this point, um, there is no, there's nothing but potentially having your account removed. We are, as a result, regardless of what the social media platforms might do, regardless of what Congress might do to implement you know, regulations and things like that, we ourselves are then making it harder for nefarious actors to trick us. Because the reality is, disinformation is created by real people, and it's primarily spread by real people. Um, that's the goal with creating content, is that you, know, you might have a, a troll army or some automated way of pushing out particular narratives, but it will not gain traction. It will not go 
um, viral and change people's behaviors um, and influence people unless real people are actually seeing it and sharing it. Cindy gave me three core rules for navigating social media and disinformation. First, if a post kicks up some strong emotion or just looks off, do some double checking, verify. Second, don't repost it if you can't verify it. And lastly, don't feed the trolls. Online arguments are exactly what they want, so don't make their job easier for them. Remember this, you control the information that you spread. That's it for this week. And hey, the election is getting close and you should start thinking about making a voting plan. Now, that could mean requesting your ballot to vote by mail or choosing a day to vote early if your state does early voting. Maybe it's making sure you have a ride to the polls on election day. And for extra credit, ask your friends and family what their voting plan is. Learn more about your state's voting deadlines on our website, cnn.com slash election 101. Next week, how to evaluate a candidate. Maybe you already know who you're voting for for president, but what about your local elections? I'm speaking with ProPublica's Jessica Huseman about how to get to know your local candidates. Election 101 is a production of CNN Audio and iHeartRadio. It's hosted by me, Kristen Holmes. This episode was produced by Alice Wilder. It was mixed by Ben Shano. Meryl Agish was our fact checker. Haley Thomas is the senior news producer, and Megan Marcus is the executive producer of CNN Audio. Additional support for this show comes from Greta Cohn, Lacey Roberts, Sarah Nix, Ashley Lusk, Lindsay Abrams, and Lisa Namoro. When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.